Next on BYU Sports Nation, seven more years in the Worldwide Leader Conference. What does a reported new deal between BYU and ESPN mean for the Cougars? Yoli Childs is back for the Cougars, and in Studio B, will his transition be seamless? Plus, did the BYU football program take a collective step forward this season? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, December 3rd, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. Is dialing in still a thing? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll go with uh, dialed in or connected. Whatever you do, you want to dial it up, that's great. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the assistant choreographer of the 1985 Super Bowl Shuffle, Jerem Jordan. Apparently it's the 34th anniversary of when they recorded that. Our boy Jim McMahon doing work on that, uh, hitting the dance floor, right, like he maybe did in Provo. I think he hung out in Ogden more than Provo. But anyway, last night the Seahawks won, by the way. So, yep, Niners, step aside, first place Seahawks, whatever. The receivers uh, for the Seahawks had a coordinated dance last night from a group called New Edition. I didn't, I didn't really know much about New Edition, but their dance was so good. They've had multiple dances like this. Uh, Monday Night Football, I think uh, another game they had, uh, maybe it was Sunday Night Football, they had a in sync. Bye, dance. bye, bye. Now they have New Edition. Are, uh, <laughs> hey, well done. Well done. They've received my uh, instructional videos, and everything's going great. When I first saw it, I thought it was the Backstreet Boys, but it is New Edition. And uh, probably went there because they had done the NSYNC video. But it's not just like... There are more bands than Backstreet Boys and NSYNC in the world, bro. I know. <laughs> I know. But when they go to the, the boy band well of NSYNC, it's natural. Trust me, they, they were later in the game. Boys, right? Yeah, they were later in the game. No, well executed. It's, it's one thing to, you know, do this just for like a talent show or whatever, but to do it in the moment right after a touchdown and be completely in this sync is the with ultimate. fans going... It's crazy. It's the ultimate talent show. It's Monday Night yeah. Football. That was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. We've got a fantastic show lineup for you today as well. One of the top 50 college basketball players in all the land, Yoli Childs, back in Studio B to preview BYU and Utah in Salt Lake City tomorrow. Another national champion visits the show, Christian Bain, captain of BYU men's soccer. Sorry, who? Christian Bane? It's Christian Bale? No, Bane? Bane. Wait, that's... Yes, it's a combination. Batman? Mm-hmm. Is Batman here? Bruce, what? What? And the always entertaining review of our preseason BYU football predictions. Some very close. Yeah. Others not so Some much. not so close. This is always the case. But we are right on with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. College football insider Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports reporting BYU and ESPN have agreed on a new seven-year deal through 2026 to broadcast all of the Cougars' home games. BYU Athletics representatives say they will make an official announcement about the new deal when it is finalized. The reported agreement includes a contracted bowl game each year that BYU is eligible. More on that in a moment. We are one day away from the return of Yoli Childs to the men's basketball team following a nine-game suspension from the NCAA. Childs is considered one of the top 50 players in college basketball. Yoli Childs, how does it feel to be back, bro? Great. Weird. A little bit different, but really good. Super fun to play with these guys again. and 
Uh, it's just crazy how easy some of these guys make the game. Just being, being out there with T's again, that connection we've had over four years, and you know, just the way that some of our guys can shoot the ball. It's, it's been really fun. Today was great. Luckily, Yoli uh, was in the library uh, during that uh, interview. <laughs> Childs and the Cougars play at Utah tomorrow night. Listen on BYU Radio pregame at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Teammate of Yoli Childs and senior guard TJ Haas of BYU Basketball named West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Haas averaged 16.5 points, just under five assists in three contests last week. He shot 54% from the field and three-point line at the Maui Invitational. This marks Haas' second career WCC Player of the Week award. And speaking of awards, West Coast Conference Women's Volleyball Awards are out. McKenna Miller is the Player of the Year. Mary Lake is the Libero of the Year. They changed that from Defensive Player of the Year to Libero of the Year. Third straight year, she's won that. Joining them on the All-West Coast Conference first team are Whitney Bauer, Kennedy Eschenberg, and Heather Knighting. Bauer and teammate Kate Grimmer were also on the All-Freshman team. And we are proud to announce that BYU TV will bring you the NCAA tournament. First and second rounds coming up this weekend. Uh, New Mexico State and BYU at 9 Eastern. But before that... At 6 Eastern, Utah and Illinois will be on the BYU TV app. Then the winners will play Saturday. If BYU is involved, we'll have that on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. If BYU is not involved in that, then it will be on the BYU TV app. So regardless, you can watch all of these through the app. We got you covered. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Seven more years as a member of the Worldwide Leader Conference. Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports put out the initial report that the Cougars and ESPN are finalizing a deal that would broadcast all BYU football home games through the 2026 season. Jerem, what does this reported new deal with ESPN mean for BYU? It means BYU has a reason to stay independent. If BYU's not on ESPN, I don't know that BYU should stay independent. Just join a group of five, right? But when you're with ESPN, uh, it means you get good games. It means you are in a better financial situation than you would be um, in a group of five conference. We believe that BYU gets more money out of its TV deal and gets to keep all the bowl money, right? At the end of the day, BYU's in a better spot um, that way. I think the main reason that BYU is independent is because of ESPN. It's to be on ESPN. It's to be connected to ESPN. They help BYU with scheduling. They help BYU with bowl games. Those are awesome things. And BYU feels like that's better than being in, say, the Mountain West or even the American Athletic Conference. Those are like the two viable options, right? Um, the Cougars can stay divorced from a conference and hope a suitor notices and invites them to a Power 5 league if and when there's seismic shifts and Power 5 invites. I don't know that there actually will be, but BYU's holding out hope that there is. Um, it also means potentially ESPN+. Plus. I don't, I don't know the terms of the deal if and when this becomes official. It feels like when, right? Um, not if. But it's good. BYU has chosen this path to be affiliated with ESPN, I don't believe BYU would be independent without ESPN. And so it's great that they're going to have a second deal now as an independent team. Now, when you say ESPN Plus, you're making reference to will a home game be on ESPN Plus in the future, correct? Yeah, BYU doesn't control the road game. Exactly. So not worried about that. Because I know the people are like, yeah, that was terrible, Toledo. BYU had nothing to do with that. Yeah, BYU's TV contract concerns home games only. And uh, we'll see what role BYU TV plays in that as well. Yeah, we think it means more money for BYU than every other group of five school gets for their conference's television deal. So financially viable? Sure. Nationwide exposure and access for BYU fans to find the Cougars on TV. And hopefully that means 
access to ESPN will continue on BYU and we have our rebroadcasts and all of those deals that go down, all of the details within that. Opportunities to make statements on national television. It's fun when BYU can beat USC and beat Boise State. It's even more fun when it's on ABC or ESPN straight up and that happens because more people see it. More pe- it's fun. It's fun when more people see it. More people see it when you lose, too. But the opportunity is there, right? Yes. ESPN helps BYU lock in big games, even on the road, even some of these games. Like, go back to 2009, Oklahoma. The reason BYU played Oklahoma in 2009 was because ESPN said, hey, come to Jerry's World and play this game. We'll have a top-20 showdown to kick off the college football season. They've got a great relationship. That will continue. And a bowl game every year that BYU is bowl-eligible although I hope they don't announce which bowl games they are. ESPN owns a bunch of bowl games. Why not just leave it out there? Because I think it makes it more compelling and more interesting when we don't know the bowl game that BYU is locked into once they get to six wins. There are too many conference affiliations to not lock it in beforehand and probably You think? Because that league needs to know, oh, we're not in that game, BYU is. For example, the Hawaii Bowl this year. Some other league would have been in this game, not BYU. Yet last year, BYU didn't have a contracted bowl game. We didn't know, and they figured it out. Did they not? So why couldn't they do that in the future? Well, if you're BYU, hopefully you have a bowl game, right? (laughs) Like you have one lined up. They're guaranteeing that they will have one. The reason BYU didn't have one is because the Poinsettia Bowl went away. That's why. They would have had one. They had one originally. In 2017, they didn't have one either. So, well, they didn't have one because they didn't make one. <laughs> Topic two: BYU football had a seven and six record last season. Now in 2019, BYU sits with a seven and five record after the regular season. Spencer, did BYU football take a step forward? Unequivocally, yes. The first time that BYU's had a winning record against rivals in the Kalani Satake era. They beat Boise State. They beat Utah State. And they beat Utah State convincingly in Logan. Wins over two currently ranked teams in the college football playoff poll. Over number 24 USC. Over number 20 Boise State. BYU beat a team in the Eastern Time Zone that finished with a winning record for the first time since 1994. They've only had two of those since Steve Young was a junior quarterback in 1982. I mean, winning at Tennessee, beating USC, beating Boise State, sounds delightful, doesn't it? Seven regular season wins compared to six last year, the first five-game win streak in three years. BYU had a winning record at home for the first time in three years, and they did all of that with three different starting quarterbacks. So, yes, BYU took a huge step forward this season. Amen. I have nothing else to say. (laughs) Topic three. (laughs) I know it's only one win, but yes. And that's what's weird, right? It feels like BYU's Kind of similar to last year, but they're not at all. BYU beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin was Wisconsin was eight and five. They didn't finish ranked. They weren't like that good in the end. That was a really good win. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't the same as beating USC or Boise State. Those wins are better than beating Wisconsin. They are. When you look at how that team has, has fared, BYU has defeated two top twenty-five teams. You know who can't say that? Utah. Utah hasn't defeated a team that's ranked in the top 25. They lost to USC. That's the one loss, right? Is Utah a better team than BYU? Uh, 100%. Don't get me wrong. I'm not an idiot. I'm stupid, but I'm not an idiot. BYU is, is better than last year. Yet they didn't take as big of a step as I was hoping they'd take. Beat San Diego State, and it feels very different. Eight, maybe nine wins is very different than seven. Seven was... Only fine because, one, BYU uh, went 4-9 the year before, and two, played a freshman quarterback the last seven games. That's why it was okay. 
if all things are just level and equal, last year was a failure. Seven and six? What? It was because of 2017. Now in 2019, it's like, okay, BYU did some good things. But how can you lose to South Florida and Toledo but beat USC and Boise State and Tennessee? That is the question that we may not be able to answer, or maybe we know the answer and we don't like it, in 2019. Didn't Georgia lose to Mississippi? I mean, weird no, that's things to South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay, even worse. <laughs> things, weird things happen, right, in college but football. They, but they only have one loss. Like, it's different. They're not 7-5. and five. <laughs> My Every, point yeah. is, you can, you just, it's so unpredictable. You just don't know. That's why or, it's fun. Or, well, it's not. No, it's not fun to lose to Florida and Toledo. That is not fun. No. It, it's fun to beat USC and Boise State, though. Yes. As an underdog. The good and the, the bad. Why Can there be less bad? Can BYU have a meaningful, relevant football season? They haven't in a, a long time. You would say this is not a meaningful season, even though it's progress? At 7-5, and five, I would say it's not that meaningful. Even though we yeah. just listed everything that they did that they have not done in the recent past. Yeah. No, BYU 7-5. and five. See, in I what very, way is I, that see, meaningful I, or relevant? Because you who, won at Tennessee and who you beat USC and going, Boise State. Who nationally is going, man, BYU 7-5, that was awesome. I'm not saying people are excited about 7-5, and five, but people did notice that BYU yes. beat Tennessee, Boise State, and BYU, USC. BYU is great at flashes in the pan. Hey, you beat Wisconsin, but then you lose these games. I'm waiting for BYU to have a season where we go, hey, see, BYU is a really good football program. Right now it's like we're just good enough. Good enough. Oh, man. Does everything change because of one loss at San Diego State? Because your tune no. was very, very different for the past month. I'm just tired of single-digit win seasons that aren't even nine, by the way. I'm, ti- I'm, ti- I'm just tired of that. Okay. I'm not going to celebrate seven and five. I'm not. Okay. No. On to BYU basketball, where we are all asking... More Yoliness, give me. Yoli Childs is back. Back with game eligibility for the Cougars and back in Studio B in about seven minutes. BYU did a remarkable thing going six and three without their best player. So what happens now? He's back, yeah. But will everything be better overnight? Here's what Yoli's teammate Jake Toulson had to say about it. It, it might, uh, you know, take a little bit of time to adjust to, you know, what it's like out there in the games. But I think with this group, we have we have so many vets that it, it's we're going to learn. Like we, we know how to play with other good players, and we know how to, um, to to play ball and to make plays for each other. I think that's the part that I'm excited about. Jerem, BYU is bubbly right now, according to ESPN bracketologist Joe Lunardi. Are they an NCAA tournament team with him coming back? And do you expect that addition of Yoli Childs to be seamless? Are they an NCAA tournament team with him? No, they'll have to climb into the tourney. I believe they have a chance to do that. Okay. I, I think there are enough games on the schedule to potentially do that. But if I expect uh, it to be seamless, mostly, yes. He hasn't played in the first nine games. Practice is one thing, games are another. And we'll talk to Yoli Childs and ask him this exact question coming up. But he's been a senior. He's been in practice with these guys. Um, I think he's starving for a game. I mean, one, you think about the suspension. Two, the way the season ended last year in Vegas was just just sour, right? And then you combine the emotion of playing Utah. If BYU was playing Bo Diddley Tech, what did Bo Diddley ever do to you? If BYU was playing Bo Diddley Tech, it would still be an interesting transition for Yoli Childs. Even if it were Montana Tech, for yes. that matter, right? Let alone it's at Utah. I mean, this will be very emotional. This is a big rivalry. There's a lot of angst among those fan bases for a lot of reasons. Football right now, and BYU needs a win in basketball. BYU is the better team in basketball. 
Um, I, I just hope he doesn't feel like he has to do too much because this season, this team is 6-3 and three without him. Adding him, they will obviously be better, but there's just a different dynamic when you jump into that group and how you work together. Yoli Childs has not been on the first or second teams in practice until Friday. He was put on the second team Friday. I would imagine that yesterday he was put on the first team. So will it be seamless? Mostly. Yeah, what, what qualifies as seamless, first of all? Is I'm not a seamstress. I have no idea. 20 points and nine rebounds a game. Are we anticipating <laughs> that awesome. right away? Okay, that, yeah, that's incredible. On this team with the current makeup, I don't know that Yoli needs to score 20 points. He'll probably need to grab nine rebounds because BYU is undersized, so they yep. need him on the glass. But Jake Toulson, TJ Haas, Connor Harding, Alex Barcelo, there are a number of guys that can go out and score. So what is seamless? I, I, I'm try, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but if you're automatically expecting, hey, all-American performance every game, no, be patient. I'm going to give him a couple games let, to figure it let out. Let BYU yeah. figure it out in the heat of the game, in the moment, and it's not just like, a, well, pull Colby Lee out and put Yoli Childs in and seamless. That's not just how it works. Here's what I don't want from Yoli Childs, to take out his frustration against the NCAA that he doesn't seemingly have, but I do. Out on Utah, although that would be awesome. Oh, you don't want that? <laughs> well, I, I just don't want him to feel like he has to do too much. Because, in the form of dunking all over Utah, maybe? Well, well that would be fine. Okay. And we've seen that before, and it was incredible. <laughs> I, you're right. I would be fine with that. <laughs> I, I just want him to feel like it can be simple and easy, right? As opposed to, I have to carry this team. This team's 6-3 and three without him, and you inject him into this team, and I'm very excited to see what they can do now. Can this team get into the NCAA tournament? This team is better than I thought they would be at this point, which is exciting. Yoli Child's going to join us in just a few minutes to discuss all of this, but not before we bring up our question of the day again. Going back to a reported announcement that BYU and ESPN have extended their TV rights to broadcast all BYU home games for the next seven years. What does BYU's relationship with ESPN mean to you as a Cougar fan? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. First response in. It just says Jerry from Twitter. (laughs) Really? Send it, bro. (laughs) It keeps BYU nationally relevant while seeking a Power 5 invite. It's a great thing, especially for us out-of-state fans, to be able to watch and cheer the Cougs on. Go Cougs. Yeah, it's certainly the best thing for the fans and, and the program right now. It just depends what you want. And what I hope is that BYU doesn't value the access to watch a game more than the result of the game. I think you can have both. Yeah, it's interesting because the exposure undoubtedly is better, but there is a large faction of the fan base that says, no, we want, we want the excitement of a conference championship race, even if BYU does lose a few games early. Yeah, I, 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 it's really interesting. During Independence, I think that there's been a shift in kind of what the program and the fans value out of BYU football versus what we used to value. I, I think it's kind of been an interesting case study. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, where we were right, but mostly wrong with our football preseason projection. And as promised, Yoli Childs. What's the game plan to beat the Utes tomorrow? Is there another posterizing dunk in his future? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yoli Childs is back with the men's basketball team, and they play at Utah tomorrow night. Are you kidding me? This is the game that's back? Fantastic. Listen to the game on BYU Radio, pregame 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. 
And as promised, Yoli Childs is in Studio B the day before BYU takes on Utah, day before he officially tips off his action on the court. Hey, man, uh, this is uh, an incredible welcome, I'm sure, from fans worldwide for BYU. But let us welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation as a member of the active roster. Appreciate that. (laughs) Congrats on the upgrade from the scout team to the second team on Friday now to the first team I take it this week. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been different. It's it's been really fun to to go against the scout squad guys who I've been playing with for so long, and uh, it's really fun to be back out there with with, uh, the guys I've been playing with for a couple years. What are your emotions like the night before you make your return and do it against Utah? You know, I mean, just it's amazing how this is set up. I'm actually uh, I'm pretty calm about it, actually. Um, I'm just going to go out and control what I can control, you know, just go play hard and try to make things a little bit easier for the guys. But I'm really not feeling uh, not feeling a ton of pressure or anything like that because I've seen what these guys are capable of and I've seen just how they've developed and, and how good of a team we are with me off the floor. So hopefully I can just go in and, and make things a little bit easier for everyone. And that's the most exciting part for me is this team went 6-3 and three without you. I, I, I thought probably five and four range, given how tough the schedule was. They have been better. So now how do you uh, integrate with that group knowing, okay, this is a good team without me, and I hope to make them better? Yeah, I just want to come in and do the little things. You know, just, just some of the little things that I bring that, um, that we haven't necessarily had. I just really want to be a, a force on the glass. Uh, I want to run in transition, set screens, get guys open, and just really try to make the right play. I think uh, if I come in and move the ball and – Try to make the right play. The right, the right thing's going to happen, and uh, the ball will come back to me. Guys will get shots where they need shots, and I think it will work out. Are you okay if we call the first nine games the Colby Lee era? Is that all right with you? That's fine by me. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, it's the Colby Lee era for the next few years. So, and, and he developed in a way that he would not have, which I think is good news for this team. What do you, what do you think of his development? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was that was one of the the coolest things I was able to see in these nine games was just the development of some of these guys. Um, some of our guards having to to relearn how they were going to play and learn how to score with me off the court and uh, our spacing changed and our ball movement was great and to see some of these guys like Zach and Dalton and Colby really flourish was awesome. Zach Selyus is the leading rebounder right now and, and he joked that you're going to have some catching up to do. How do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, for sure. Zach's a, Zach's a monster so we'll go see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, it's a monster with a mustache no less. Yoli Childs with us on BYU Sports Nation. You talked about a few of the things that you observed in Colby Lee and some of your teammates. What else did you learn about this team while you were watching for the first nine games? I learned our, our ability to bow through adversity is incredible. Uh, it's such a tight-knit group of guys, and it's a group of guys that don't let the frustration of the game get to them. You know, whether it's a scoring drought or uh, whether things aren't going right, uh, nobody really seems to hang their head. It's it's a group that really believes in what this coaching staff has taught us and a group that really believes in each other. And I just want to go in and contribute to that because it's really special what these guys are able to do together. You have a high standard. You've been a 20-10 and 10 guy, right? Um, do you feel pressure to be that guy right away, or do you give yourself a little bit of time to ease into that given that you're coming into this in Game 10? Uh, absolutely not. I, I don't feel any pressure with that. Um, I mean, stats are stats. I, I care about the win. And hopefully with the amount of scoring and everything we have, I, I don't score 20 a night. I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. But I'm not really too worried about that. Like I said before, I'm just going to try to make the right play. And uh, if the right play is for me to score, then I'll go score. If the right play is for me to, to find somebody, then I'll find somebody. How do you integrate into uh, the current setup of the offense, and how much is it adjusted with you in there? 
Um, not too much adjustment, honestly. I think um, a lot of our, our pick and roll game is going to make it a little bit easier for the guards. I think just with the vertical spacing that I can bring, it'll be a lot harder for the opposing guards to, to come be that bottom man. So hopefully I can just get guys more open. Hopefully uh, TJ and Jake can get to the rim a little bit easier. And that's all I really want to do with this offense is make it easier for everybody. So if you played in the Virginia Tech game, it would have been 23. Is that what you're saying instead of at 17? Least, at least. <laughs> no, I don't know. The, the, <laughs> record. No, the, the guys were on fire that, that game. That, that was, was crazy, right? Yeah, that was so much fun. That was amazing. And I'm glad that you bring up the phrase vertical spacing because you can attack from <laughs> vertical uh, – well, I guess let's call it levitation, okay? <laughs> you know, you're the lob guy for BYU basketball, and Colby's done a lot of good things, but he, he's not the guy that you throw up a, a ball three feet above the rim and tell him to go get it. So you, you bring a new dynamic that way. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, Colby's done a lot of great things for us, and uh, he's improved a ton as a passer, so has Dalton. Uh, so hopefully I can go in and do those things that they've been able to do, um, but kind of just bring my own, uh, my own game to that too. Mark Pope, before the game on Saturday, told me, um, getting ready for the broadcast, that the, the game against Virginia Tech, specifically, I said, what went well there to get 17 threes, right? He said, the game told us how to play, and we listened. Do you feel like each game is different in that way, or are there commonalities in, in what you need to do to win? Um, there's commonalities, for sure, in terms of just moving the ball. Uh, when we're side to side, we're really good. Uh, when we're sticky with the ball, as Coach likes to say, we're not as good. So those are the commonalities. But depending on how teams are guarding us, there's uh, just little tweaks that we have to make in each game. So that's something we've talked about a lot as a team and that me and him have talked about a lot personally. And uh, it just goes into making the right play. You know, you don't overthink it. Understand that you understand the game. And if you see somebody open, give them the ball. If you have a good shot, shoot the ball. It's pretty simple. And if all five guys do that, it's it's a good recipe. Mark said as well, and it was really interesting, he said, I, I haven't really gotten mad at these guys for things they haven't done uh, or, or have done. It's more for things they haven't done, which is, hey, you didn't take that open shot. Yeah. Which, which is kind of fun when your coach gets mad at you about that versus something else, right? Yeah. Uh, I've always said Coach Pope is unbelievable in his balance. He does a really good job of holding guys accountable, getting us to focus on the defensive end, getting us to worry about playing hard. But then if you if – you, uh, pass up an open shot, you're sitting next to him. So it gives you a lot of confidence in, in the ability to own your shot. He doesn't worry so much about makes and misses. It's about did you take the shot and own it. Yoli Childs on BYU Sports Nation getting ready for his debut against Utah tomorrow night in Salt Lake City. What do you know about the Utes in your film review and studies? you get ready for another emotional rivalry game? Yeah, they're a very good team. Um, I think they're very talented and they're a young team. And I think some of the losses they've had just can be attributed to being young. And uh, I don't know, when you're young, it's kind of hard to, to figure out how to bring it every day and how to bring it every game. And they're for sure going to bring it tomorrow. So I think we're going to see a, a very good team, a skilled team, a long team. And um, they're really good. So hopefully uh, we can get a good game from them and we can go out and, and focus on ourselves and do what we need to do. How do you feel about this week as a whole? Because it's not just Utah, it's UNLV as well in Salt Lake. Uh, an opportunity to add two more to the resume. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. You know, uh, I'm honestly trying not to focus too much about even the game tomorrow. I'm really focused on having a great practice today, getting the work done I need today, having a good night's sleep, and then I'll worry about tomorrow. And, and after that, I'll worry about UNLV. How are you different as a player now compared to last year in terms of what have you added to your game and, and just how is your approach different? Um, I think one of the biggest things is my motor. We focused on that a lot, running the floor, pushing on the break. 
Uh, I can't give away too much to Utah. You know they haven't seen me yet. But, <laughs> That's but true. It's up play last year. <laughs> they felt you play last year. They watched you. <laughs> so you're really not going to give up the game plan then? That's I, can't give, I can't give up the game plan. <laughs> no, don't do it, man. Nor don't do, do we, it. Nor do we want you to. Um, what was it like during this nine games to watch, and what, what did you learn? Because I imagine it would have been hard, like, against Houston, okay, BYU has the ball with a few seconds left. I want to be in there. But you have, you have to watch, and luckily that was a fun watch, right, with T.J. Hutt. Awesome watch, awesome watch. T.J.'s been phenomenal, and uh, I've, learned, I've learned a lot of things that you can't really see when you're on the court. Um, you can break it down in film and stuff like that, but when you're in the heat of the moment and uh, you can watch the offense and you can watch plays made on defense, I think from a different perspective you can see what needs to be done. And uh, you can see how much better we are when we're moving the ball around. You can see – how much better we are when we're locked in and in gaps and in a stance on the defensive end. So I've been able to really see the game from a unique perspective that I haven't been able to see from in a couple of years. So uh, I think it's been really good. Yoli Childs with us. And before you go, I need to ask you about your interactions with Bill Walton and uh, Jay oh, yeah. in Hawaii. How, how were those conversations <laughs> and those interactions with those two notable basketball personalities? Awesome. Awesome. They're, they're two phenomenal human beings, you know. Uh, Bill Walton is a legend. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about him a lot, but he's one of the greats to ever do it. And uh, Jay Billis, unbelievable human being. Both of them are, are great guys, and uh, they both kind of get it. So it was super cool to get to talk to them. 94 feet with Jay Billis, right? A lot of on fun. The, on the yeah. 94 feet, man. Yeah. Not, not a bad place to do it. Yeah, can't have a beard, Jay. Sorry. <laughs> hey, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for uh, tomorrow's game against Utah and to have a good practice today. I appreciate it. Yeah, you do play Utah tomorrow, just a reminder. <laughs> appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Yoli. Coming up, which one of us nailed the regular season record prediction with football? And Jerem Jordan's Seattle Seahawks featuring Ziggy Ansah get the win last night. Plus, mm-hmm. we have another national champion in studio. This is BYU Sports Nation. Season finale of After Further Review is tonight, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app with a rebroadcast tomorrow on BYU TV at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. we got a good thing going here in Studio B, so let's keep that good thing rolling and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Brett McMurphy of Stadium Network reports BYU and ESPN have agreed on a seven-year deal through the 2026 season, which includes guaranteed bowl games each year when bowl eligible. BYU officials say when the deal is finalized, there will be an announcement. Cougars in the NFL. Ezekiel Ansah had one solo tackle in a 37-30 Seattle Seahawks win over the Minnesota Vikings last night. Seahawks in first place in the NFC. Got that tiebreaker. Men's basketball. TJ Haas is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week after putting up 17 points and five assists per game, shooting 55% from the field, 54% from three. Remember, he started 4 of 24, so good to see him shooting much better. This is the second career West Coast Conference Weekly Honor. Volleyball. Senior McKenna Miller named the West Coast Conference Player of the Year for the women, and her best friend and senior, Mary Lake, named Libero of the Year for a third consecutive season. Whitney Bauer, Kennedy Eschenberg, Heather Knighting, McKenna Miller, and Mary Lake all on the first team. Whitney Bauer and Kate Grimmer named to the WCC All-Freshman team. Cougars in Pro Hoops. Kyle Collinsworth had 12 points, 5 boards, 2 assists, and 2 steals in a 10-point win for the Salt Lake City Stars over the Grand Rapids Drive last night in the NBA T League. Hey, a winning edition of the whip. And speaking of winning, the BYU men's soccer team just won the NIRSA Club National Championship, their second in the last three years. And joining us right now is one of the captains of the team, 
Christian Bain. Christian, welcome Hello, to Studio Christian. B. Congrats on the uh, national championship, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. I listen, wore my soccer jersey just for you. I appreciate I hope you know. that. I noticed that when I walked okay. in. So All right. Yeah. There you go. And listen, I know it's been a week and a half, but uh, have you come down from the high of winning the national championship again in the club circuit? I guess so. I mean, it's always good to win. It's always good to like have those feelings and positive attitudes and good memories. So we did it two years ago. So just like building onto it and hope to, hopefully we win another one next year. Okay, not doing it last year. How did that play into your approach this year? Um, that's a really good question. So, like, the first year we did it, 2017, we had just ended our PDL season. That's a semi-pro league that we came out of recently. And so we went into this national championship knowing nothing about it. And I don't want to say we walked through it, but it was like we won every game by, like, three or four goals. And Didn't you win the national title, like, 7 nothing? It was 4-1. to 4-1. to one. They scored in the last minute, but we, we played well. <laughs> they were actually a pretty good team. It was Cal Poly two years ago. Um, but it was just like something we never experienced, and we walked kind of through it. And then last year, the year we ended up losing, was pretty interesting because, I don't know, we kind of had that expectation of if we're going to go in and kind of walk through it again. And it's hard to get up for games that you know you're kind of the favorite to win, especially when we had the target on our backs and everybody wanted to beat us. So we were kind of playing more to not lose rather than to go and win. And there's just a totally different aspect when you play like that. I ended up losing last year in the quarterfinals in kind of an upset game. Who, who beat you? It was Florida. Florida. Yeah, and they were huge. They were like ten, six foot four guys. And Whoa! For soccer, I'm like five foot six, so there's a big, <laughs> there's a big difference there. And it was difficult, but um, this year the attitude was just so different. Of just we want to go out there, we want to tear it up, and just like go win the national championship. And it all came together, and the guys did great. So props to them. Okay, so let's walk through the national tournament. You play six games in three days. Yes. Hey, hey, little kid, soccer, like what? Sounds okay, amazing. Thursday, oh, yeah. you, you tie Texas A&M 1-0. You beat Iowa State 5-0. Friday, you beat Drexel 2-0. You beat Michigan 3-0. Then Saturday, you're in the semis. So you know it's championship day. You beat North Carolina, their club team, 3-0. Mm-hmm. And then in the national title, you, you did what Michigan couldn't in football this year. You beat Ohio State 3-1. That's correct. So... Do you have any legs by that last game? Six no. and three days is insane. Yeah, it was, that was pretty hard. I remember coming home on the plane just on Sunday, and it was just my legs were just dying. And I got to Monday, and I was like, okay, my legs have got to be better. And for some reason, they were, like, even worse. It was like, <laughs> I don't even know how this is happening. I'm just sitting on a plane all day. So it was difficult. It was hard for sure. And where was it again? It's Round Rock, Texas. Round Rock, yeah, Texas. 30 minutes outside of Austin. How, how was the weather? It was good. It was better than Utah weather. Yeah, so. was it dry? Um, a little bit. It rained when we first got there, so oh, it was a little damp. But other than that, it was, it was good. Okay. Now, if BYU men's soccer were playing against the NCAA-sanctioned teams, where do you think you would fit in in the national championship hunt against those teams? Honestly, like, I wouldn't call this arrogance, but confidence. I'd say we do pretty well. Like, our spring season, we go and play, like, Regis, which is a D2 school. We've played Denver. We've played UNLV. We played at UNLV last year. We ended up losing 2-1. to one. But, like, that was a game we definitely dominated and could have won had we scored. I guess any game kind of goes like that. But, like, UNLV makes a good run into the tournament every single year, and they were, by, they were by no means, like, better than us. And that's not arrogance, but just, like, if we were to play these other teams, I have full confidence we'd do super well against them. Do so you think you could compete for a West Coast Conference championship if that were the case? Absolutely. Huh. Let's talk about the title game itself. So you go down one nothing in this game. So walk me through the emotions of, okay, Last year we didn't win this. Now we're down one nothing. This is our sixth game. Our their sixth game. We're a little tired. Um, and then in the 14th minute, you score a penalty to tie the game. Walk, walk us through that. Um, as weird as this sounds, we went down, and that was the first time going down. I think all year we were never down a goal like ever. 
And I would expect us to kind of freak out. You know, we're in a final we up we lost last year. And it was weird. Like, we went down, and then all of a sudden, it was just, like, calm. Nobody was freaking out. There weren't emotions going over, which was really cool. That was one of the things we prepped for going into the tournament, for, like, pressure scenarios. Our season, I think our closest game was, five, like, 5-0. Five like, we didn't have many close games in our season. So how did you prep for that? Honestly, it was just, like, team meetings and just, like, figuring it out and just being like, look, this is what needs to happen if we go down or if we're tied in a high-pressure scenario. We did a few, like, scrimmages and practices where it was, like, one team was technically down, which is a totally different atmosphere being a scrimmage versus a game. Um, but we did what we could, and we got to that point, and we handled it well. And I think, like, five minutes later, we put a PK in, in the back of the net. And we? You did, yeah. <laughs> I didn't earn the PK. He's a team so, guy, yeah. Jeremy. He's a team guy. Absolutely. Uh, where, where'd you go in the PK? Bottom left. Did you predetermine that? Oh, yeah. Always, right? All the time. Yeah. For keepers watching, I, I change it up sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's getting hot in here. Did, do you ever look at the keeper and go, oh, I feel like he's reading it? Or is yeah. it, you know what, I'm going here. Yeah. Same spot every time. Okay. Okay. Christian Bain of BYU Men's Soccer, national champion, second time in three years with us on BYU Sports Nation. Are you surprised we haven't brought up Batman to this point? We waited. Absolutely. We waited Absolutely. a minute. It's been a while, so go ahead. What do you guys want to ask? <laughs> You've heard everything, probably. I just think it's <laughs> awesome. I love your name. At, so when those films come out from Christopher Nolan, obviously Christian Bain has to be cast as Batman yeah. for this mm-hmm. to be meaningful. Bain's a character. At what point are you like, wait a minute, that's kind of like my name, a combination? Um... From the get-go, everybody was making jokes, especially when, when the third movie came out with Bane. That was when I got super big. And actually, in high school, I drove around to BMW, just an old-school beat-up um, BMW, and I bought a Bane those, mask. Those exist? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I put it in the front. We, all, my car was like known in high school as the Bane Mobile. Yes! So, that's yes! Awesome. That's awesome. You bought a Bane mask. That's, that's right. Great. Is that it with you? eBay. Yeah. Do you feel in charge? <laughs> I will slap this penalty kick in the low and left. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. Luckily, no, you like to go I'm glad there. you guys bring it and up. And we were talking about yeah. it. Luckily, you like Batman. Oh, I love Batman. If you hated Batman, it would be bad news. Yeah. In the MTC, apart from like the in classroom spiritual stuff, I feel like everything we talked about was just Batman. Whole, like, every free conversation we got was just back to Batman. So. No, I can't tell you how many times I heard that. Now, that's a so. mission advantage, right? <laughs> Talking about yes. Batman every free moment yes. you have. And that is awesome. why BYU dominated the club circuit because of the age of maturity. Stop. Stop. Christian, congratulations again oh, on a national you. championship. Yeah, we we'd love for you to sign our Sailor Coop flag. Uh huh. We want another national yeah. champions, uh, John oh, Hancock, on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah Hancock, Christian Bain. Kirby Hancock. He does feel in charge. <laughs> Coming up, our football season projections come to light. Will we run for the hills or not? Um, well, we're, we're going to find out just how little we know. <laughs> oh, I've known that for a long time. This is BYU Sports They still Nation. hired us with this knowledge, Spencer. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Women's Volleyball will host the first two rounds. Of the NCAA tournament this weekend. You can catch the Cougars play on BYU TV. Friday, the Cougars host New Mexico State, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. By the way, three hours earlier uh, at 6 Eastern for uh, 3 Pacific. Illinois versus Utah on the BYU TV app. And then the uh, second round will be on BYU TV or the BYU TV app, depending on if BYU is in it. Saturday, 9 Eastern time. New Mexico State's won 19 matches in a row. They're coached by Michael Jordan. Yeah, Uncle Mike. That's what I call him. Not, not that Michael Jordan, but his name is Michael Jordan. No, he's my uncle. Yeah. I've, oh, never, he's, I've never told you that the New Mexico State uncle. women's volleyball coach is he my uncle. He is your uncle? I want to yeah. know how you are related to Fun him. Fun fact, I met one of my uncles for the first time at my wedding reception. 
we're our family's super tight. <laughs> now, was this a good interaction? Yeah, no, it's okay, great. Good. All we, right. We've since okay. become uh, friends. Relative race. Yeah, for Jeremy. Relative. <laughs> yes, and uh, the race was that he lived in Lehigh. Guess so, what? We're, yeah, we're just trying to avoid going over our season predictions. <laughs> Can we filibuster our way? Do you remember what, what's his name uh, from uh, Parks and Rec? He filibusters. Oh, <laughs> and he talks about Infinity War meets X Men. What? 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 And what? And what happens? The alternate universe. They're like, move on. <laughs> Next. Okay. okay, here we go. Our 2019 regular season projection in review. We do this every year. We make our picks about the 12 regular season games before the season starts. This is for football, by the way. And then we review how things went on the gridiron. And it doesn't go okay. well. Topic number one, Jerem wins and losses. Okay, I said eight and four, and uh, BYU uh, lost to Toledo, lost South Florida, and lost San Diego State. Probably could have won one of those, fellas. Thanks for nothing. Now, really, if BYU beats San Diego State, you're there, man. I know. You're there. But guess what? You aren't what you think you can do. You are what you do. I said seven and five, so I nailed you got this it. one. I got it. Yay! Yay! Seven and five. You got the going for two yeah. uh, season win, but I got the season record win. We all lose. And it means nothing. We all lose. Okay. Zach Wilson touchdown passes. I said 28. Whoa. He broke his thumb. But even if he didn't break his thumb and miss some games, I don't think he gets 28. How many combined touchdown passes did BYU quarterbacks have? 20? Hold on. I have the internet up right here. Okay. Because I said 25 for Zach. He had 11 touchdown passes. Tell me what it is. Is it 20 overall? It's 20. It's 20. That's so low. Okay. So all three, quarterbacks, story. all three quarterbacks combined for 20 touchdown passes. Woof. I had Zach going for 25. He had 11. Uh, but technically, I'm closer, so I win that one as well. Good job. Thank you. BYU's leading rusher in yards. I said it would be Tyson Williams with 760. Tyson Williams was hurt in the middle of the Washington game four, so he played three and a half games and ran for 264. He was on pace to go over 1,000, Jeremy. Yeah, I said Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams, 866. I thought... At the time, okay, before the season, you and I thought Lopini Katoa, Tyson Williams, kind of neck and neck. That be, it became clear that that was not the case. In fact, Lopini had kind of got buried on the depth chart, right, a little bit. And his best game was not as a rusher, it was as a receiver against Utah State. Tyson Williams was clearly the best running back on this team. And he was going to go for a thou, a filthy. Okay. A thou. No points awarded right there because I Sione, award you no points. Sione Finau is the leading rusher right now with 359. Tyson Williams was the leading rusher for the first half of the season, and he was out for two and a half of those games. Injuries stink. This keeps happening. Uh, I tend to think that this is not a coincidence once yeah. there tend to be a lot of injuries. I Jackson just, McChesney with his you know 247, by the way, the schedule. <laughs> is, is uh, only 17 yards behind Tyson Williams. Why did Jackson McChesney not have a carry on Saturday? I am flabbergasted by that. I don't know why. Okay, BYU's leading receiver in yards. Jeremy said it would be Matt Bushmo, 704. Yeah, exactly, 704. I said Matt Bushmo, 720. You're closer. You get the point there because Matt Bushman is the leader with 597. 597 is a good number for a tight end in 2019. It is. It is. It's a really good number. So Matt Bushman's had a nice year. And BYU has three over 500, first time since 2015, by the way. Yeah, BYU's had nice distribution. Micah Simon Mm -hmm. with 560, Talon Shemway 539, Aleva Hefo 439, and Gunnar Romney 377. Like, it's been distributed all over. Yes, I would love a guy, like the guy kind of deal, and and BYU doesn't have that. Well, sure they do in Matt Bushman. No, I'm talking statistically. Like, a guy that gets 700 plus. Like, 
Mitch Matthews wasn't elite to me nationally, but it was great to have that guy, right? He, sure. he was very good. It was nice to know you could throw it up, and he's going to make that catch a lot of times. Okay. Jerem, who led BYU in tackles? Uh, in tackles, we both didn't see this coming. Uh, it was Kavik Fonua, 78 in the regular season. I said Isaiah Kafusi would have 82. He had 53. His I, number. I said Zane Anderson would have 87. Zane played like a game, and then and basically he was done. Yeah, that was, that was tough. But Kavik Fonua... Uh, has made some plays, had the interception against Tennessee, been uh, been solid, didn't go up to see him, unfortunately, in one particular play against San Diego State that cost BYU a little bit there. But he's been a, been a linebacker that BYU said, hey, yeah. I know you're a running back, but uh, could you play linebacker now? Yeah, and we've learned that Zane Anderson's going to move back to safety next year and not play linebacker. Okay, I, then. We went into this season thinking he was going to play linebacker and be all over the place. Not the case. Yeah, I, I think safety is... His most natural yes, position. Yes, absolutely. That's, where, that's what he came into, right? Who will lead BYU in sacks? Um, I said Kairos Tonga would be the man. I thought he was going to have an Indomitian Sioux type of year. <laughs> he is not Indomitian Sioux or Haloti Nada. <laughs> now, when BYU runs a 3-4, it's really tough for the nose guard in a 3-4 to have a ton of sacks. He had one sack. Um, I said he would have six. So I was Samsonite. I was way off. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Falatea, <clears throat> uh, I I – Guess that uh, he would he would lead and uh, Dine Gawulaku and Lorenzo Faltea tied for two. Two, that, two is the is, sack lead. That is a pathetically low number. That's not good. But Lorenzo tied for it, so I got it. I thought okay. I thought Zoe would have a really good year, and he did, but he got hurt, missed mm-hmm. several games. Mm-hmm. Who will lead BYU in interceptions, and with how many? Okay, I we said, both totally nailed this one. Dine Gawulaku. Everyone thought. Peyton Wilgar was going to be the guy. Diane Gonwoluku <laughs> would be the guy, I said, with three. He had two, but he was not the leader. Yeah, Peyton Wilgar with his three led the team. Well, Fanua, Gonwoluku, Kafusi. There were a lot of, what, like 10 different guys had a pick this year? It was, it, BYU was really, really good at getting interceptions. So but while it they wasn't, didn't sack the quarterback much, they did intercept the quarterback a lot. It wasn't Diane. Okay, who will have the most rushing and or receiving touchdowns and how many, Jerem? Mm. What'd you say? I said, Tython Williams. He would have had at least nine. I said nine. He had three. Okay. Yeah. I said Lopini Katoa. Uh, with, he'd have 11. No points awarded. Lopini had four. He was one behind the team leader, Oleva Hifo, who had five. Oleva Hifo had five. But Shumway Katoa Bushman all with four. Bushman with four. I want to see him with like seven plus. That's where I want him to live. I'd ideally like him to be in the 10 plus range. Right? Okay. And what will the longest made field goal this year for BYU be? I said a 52-yarder by Jake oh. Oldroyd, 54-yarder against Washington. He also had a 51-yarder against USF. Remember, BYU had not made a 50-plus yarder since 2006. Jared McLaughlin. And got two, which is pretty good. I, I said 51, so I missed it. You were closer to the pin. Okay, yeah, I said, uh, yeah, with my 50. We both thought it would happen. Final okay. tally yeah. on our projections, I get three points. Jeremy got two. That is uh, really bad. And uh, typically we miss on most of these, but we still continue to do this because it's fun to see us fail. Coming up. Who could BYU's bowl opponent be? Is it anyone besides Hawaii? Do you want it to be anybody besides Hawaii? Is this a tease or do you want me to answer? I want you to answer. Yes. Because it's not going to be an American team. I want team. someone else. It's not going to be an American team, though. Why not? This is BYU Sports Nation. Why not? Hawaii Bowl, make it someone else. Get outside with the ones you love and enjoy the open road. And the closed one. We believe in family, fun, and experiences that last. And we want to be there as you make new memories over and over again. That's why we're proud to carry the popular Nissan Rogue. 
Tim Daly Nissan Southtown. Family owned since 1968. EJ3. Got it! First three. Oh, a three pointer. Reverse lane. Might just hear Hardnett. Hardnett for three. And that's good! Line pass to Childs, who throws it down! This show is just candy to Cougar football fans. People think we rehearse it, which we do not. When we watch film together, I get to sit down and watch film with other guys that really know the game. And we wanted to have a show that would take fans behind the scenes and give them a look at the technical aspects of the BYU football program that they might not otherwise have a chance to see. Because it provides an opportunity for, for fans to kind of dive into the game. There's so much strategy that's involved, and fans get to see that. Come Tuesday night, we're going to break it down, what worked, what didn't work, and we will teach you what's happening down on the field. The little technique things, like where's the defensive back's hand position supposed to be? Where's their foot supposed to be? How do they redirect the guy this way? What's this linebacker supposed to do? It's just a bunch of football guys talking football, and it's really fun. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You can always subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you choose to get your podcasts. The show's on demand. You can demand it. You can have it when you would like on the BYU TV and BYU Radio app. So we have scoured, second day in a row, I've used that verb because I love it, all of the different news outlets that project bowl games, and it's apparent that BYU will face Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl. Boring. That's, that's going to happen. Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports, BYU-Hawaii. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, BYU-Hawaii. Yeah, Jer- yeah, Jerry Palm. Yeah. Kyle Bonagura and Mark Schleybaugh of ESPN, BYU-Hawaii. Eric Smith, USA Today, BYU-Hawaii. Someone give me an original take. Steven Lasson of Athlon, BYU-Hawaii. We did find one projection that is not BYU-Hawaii, Jeremy. Ready? Drum roll, drum roll, please. Yourmom.com. Drum roll, please. College Football News says BYU and W-Y-O. Wyoming. Yeah, that's worse. Let's play Hawaii. Exactly. Exactly. There are no American teams projected to play BYU in Hawaii. They're all American. Oh, from the American. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii. 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 We've been there, done that. Like, it, literally two years ago in 2017. To end the regular season, 13th game, BYU was. They won the de facto Hawaii three and Bowl. 3-9. BYU <laughs> won the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, BYU played Hawaii. Pounded them last year, 45-20. Like, it wasn't that compelling. It would be three years in a row that BYU played Hawaii now. I, I know that they played a ton. There's a lot of history there. We can play the Comrail play, which is incredible on the pregame show. Like, all, all good things. I was hoping for a team from the American that would be compelling. Yet... I asked this question. Do you want a uh, compelling opponent or do you want to win? Because at the end, we're going to go, oh, eight wins. Okay, at least eight wins. Good. Good yeah, enough. UCF, Good enough. UCF or Navy would be fun. Yeah. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. What does BYU's relationship with ESPN mean to you as a Cougar fan? Laura Faddis on Facebook says, it means I don't have to buy crazy subscriptions that I forget to unsubscribe to. <laughs> Waste the money! Flow football. 
Today's Rise and Shoutouts. Mine goes to McKenna Miller and Mary Lake. Congratulations to those two seniors who have been program stalwarts, and they are the player and libero of the year. And now they can uh, leave a continued legacy in the NCAA. Best friends and they're the best two players in the conference. EFFs. How about that? Our thanks to today's guests, Yoli Childs and Christian Bain. Who gets your Rise and Shoutout? Uh, my Rise and Shoutout goes to Tyson Williams, who said that the plan's still the same. What does that mean? Yeah, nothing's changed. We don't know. Does that mean he's coming back to BYU? We don't know what that yes, means. Yes, Tyson. It might be to go to the NFL. Sorry to done this, no time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jared McLaughlin. See you on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow morning. Go Cougs.